The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. I'll never forget the day my agent called me and said, are you sitting down? And I was like, yeah. And, you know, he said, would you be interested in writing a book with Tom Clancy? And I remember just thinking, no, uh, that, that just sounded too much. You know, like, I'm, I'm so not ready for that. But I didn't want to say that to my agent. He would have, you know, slapped me or, or fired me or something. <laughs> right. uh, because I, obviously it was the right thing for me to do with my career at that point. And um, so I said, sure. Greetings, scribes, and welcome back to The Writer Files. I am still your humble host, Kelton Reed, wishing you prolificness, prosperity, and peace of mind per usual. The number one New York Times bestselling author Mark Graney dropped by this week to chat with me about hanging out with Tom Clancy at the Pentagon, the elements of a great spy novel, and the latest in the Gray Man series. Mark's debut international thriller, The Gray Man, was published in 2009 and became a national bestseller and highly sought-after Hollywood property. He's released 10 in that series to date, including the number one New York Times bestseller, One Minute Out. The Gray Man series has drawn comparisons to giants of the field, including Brad Thor, Daniel Silva, and of course, Tom Clancy. Mark is also the number one New York Times bestselling author or co-author of seven Tom Clancy novels. He co-wrote Clancy's final three Jack Ryan thrillers prior to his passing. Mark's latest outing with The Gray Man is Relentless, a book best-selling author Lee Child called Hard, Fast, and Unflinching, exactly what a thriller should be. And Netflix recently announced an adaptation of the first book in the Gray Man series, starring Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. In this file, Mark and I discussed his 15-year overnight success, how his extensive research differs from book to book, what it's like to work with the Russo brothers, best known for their Marvel films, and why writers need to relax And at the break, I've got a podcast preview from this week's sponsor, Look Closer, the Found Fiction Podcast. You can learn more about that fantastic show at foundfiction.org. Stay calm and write on. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. All right, welcome back to The Writer Files. I am honored today to be joined by an estimable guest. I've got number one New York Times bestselling author, Mark Graney. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this today. 
Hey, thanks for having me, Kelton. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. How are you surviving these uh, very interesting times? Well, it's funny. Last year, my book came out at the same time of last year. And if you remember uh, February, things were okay. And um, yeah. I had a, a, a conventional book tour and I think I did 10 cities or something like that. And I came home and then a few weeks later, everything was locked down and all my friends who were authors, uh, you know, had to do everything virtually. And I remember telling myself how blessed I was that I got a, a conventional tour out before all that hit. Right. And so I wasn't, I wasn't in the least bit thinking about uh, 12 months later, I would be doing a virtual tour. Um, so, you know, that, that said, uh, the technology is, is amazing. And so we're, we're still able to do a, a ton and, um, you know, there's there's other things to complain about as far as COVID, other than my dumb book tour. But I I am just happy to be here and healthy, and my family's healthy, and uh, so we're making it really well. Good to hear that. Yeah, interesting times, kind of a confluence of of not only health and financial crises, but you know now we have uh, of course some interesting climate things going on. So um, yeah. is that yeah. affecting uh, things for you? Uh, you're in. Tennessee, I'm, if I'm, I'm in, not. I'm in Memphis, and I just looked out the window when you said that, and it is snowing again. <laughs> we oh have about six or seven inches on the ground. It's the temperature was two degrees yesterday, oh, and man. I think it's about fifteen now. And we're supposed to get another. I think they said three to five or something like that today. So um, I, I work from home, but I have a I have a office that's uh, set apart from the house. It's thirty steps. <laughs> out back to, to my office and, uh, it's, it's covered in snow, but you know, that's not much of a commute to work to complain about. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's uh topsy turvy times. Well, uh, I can't wait to talk about all the things writing and of course your latest, but yeah, let's uh, turn back the clock as we do with so many, um, renowned authors and kind of give us, um, the cliffs version of how you became a number one New York Times bestselling author and um, are now kind of this hot uh, Hollywood property as well. But um, yeah, take us back a little bit because you kind of have an interesting background. And of course, it it, it translates well into um, the kind of writing you do. But tell us a little bit about kind of your education and, and background. Well, I, I got a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and International Relations. And for the longest time, I said that I didn't really do anything with it. I worked in international business for different companies, and uh, I did like to travel a good bit. Um, but I think it was—I was still in college. I was 20 years old, and I had an idea. I was—I was a voracious reader, uh, mostly of nonfiction, and then discovered Tom Clancy's Patriot Games, and then fell in love with these uh, big espionage thrillers and military thrillers. Uh, it was it was fascinating to me to that I could learn things and you know have a great time doing it at the same time. So I just read, read, and read, and then I got an idea for a book and started it in 1990 and finished it in 2005. So it took me 15 <laughs> years to write my to write my first book, mostly because I was lazy. There, it wasn't 15 years of research or 15 years of hard work. I look back on it now and said, you know, you probably worked on that book six months. Quit telling people it took you 15 <laughs> years. But that, that was that phase, you know, where you didn't really believe it was possible that you could, you know, do what you wanted to do with your life, I guess. And I wrote my second book in six or seven months, and that I got in front of an agent 
who didn't represent me, but said that he thought the writing was good. Uh, so I wrote a whole other book just for him. And again, he said, OK, I really like this hero, Port Gentry, in this book. But your main plot isn't that interesting. You do have a subplot in here that's fantastic about all these kill teams that are going after him. He's like, if you wrote a whole other book, uh, which would be my fourth, he's like, I feel like that might be something I could sell. So I basically wrote a book for one guy, the guy I wanted to be my agent. And that ended up being the gray man. And that's that's how I got published. And, you know, I didn't hit I didn't hit number one for several years after that. I was I got hired by um, Tom Clancy to co-author with him. And uh, that obviously uh, spurred my career on even more. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, of course, we, we joke about the kind of the tenure overnight success um, in your case yeah. of 15. But it's amazing. And you're you're a, a great student of the craft, of course. And Tom Clancy is uh kind of this towering legend. Um, what was it like to work with him? Well, I was utterly intimidated at first. Anyhow, I, I, I re- I'll never forget the day my agent called me and said, are you sitting down? And I was like, yeah. And at that point, I'd had two paperback novels come out. Um, neither had sold all that well, although I'd optioned the first one, The Gray Man to Hollywood. So there was some buzz about it, but it wasn't like, you know, quit your job money or anything like that. <laughs> But, you know, he said, would you be interested in writing a book with Tom Clancy? And I remember just thinking, no, uh, that, that just sounded too much. You know, like, I'm, I'm so not ready for that. But I didn't want to say that to my agent. He would have, you know, slapped me or, or fired me or something. <laughs> right. um, because I, obviously it was the right thing for me to do with my career at that point. And um, so I said, sure. And then it took a little while for the, the Clancy people, it, it wasn't a job offer. It was just like, Hey, are you interested in this? Cause we're looking mm-hmm. to, to get a, to a co-author. So I, I kind of got the sense that the book was going to be due, um, at, on this, at a certain time, whether I started writing it now or whether I started writing it the day before the book was due. <laughs> so I started to panic a little bit. And so I went back to them. I said, listen, if you want me to do this, uh, let me get on it. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll try out. It was my idea. I said, I will write, you know, 50 pages or 25 pages or something and just show you and it just in the, in the middle of a, of a Clancy story that's not even real, just to show you that I know all the characters and how they talk and how the action should flow and all that. So I wrote that in just maybe two or three days sitting at Starbucks and I gave it to Clancy's people or my agent gave it to Clancy's people. And they immediately came back and said, yeah, you're, you're the guy. So no I went kidding. up to Baltimore. Yeah, I went up to Baltimore and met Tom and and uh, had a really great meeting with him. Although I'd been kind of warned that it was going to be this forty-five minute awkward thing where you had to just kind of go kiss the ring or something. And instead, like we had lunch together and <laughs> spent a lot of time with his wife, and we just had a really, really great day. Uh, and then I was, you know, I was on board. And um, then, then I wrote seven, I wrote three books before he passed away and then four more after he died in Jack Ryan novels. So I did seven and six years before I stepped away. Amazing. That's such a cool story. And of course the gray man, um, series has gone on to critical acclaim and, and great success. Do you think that working with, uh, Mr. Clancy maybe helped, helped your craft some? Yeah, in in a lot of different ways. I could talk for hours about it. I mean, w- one thing is, as you can imagine, it, that opens a lot of doors for you. you. When you're at the Pentagon writing a book with Tom Clancy, 
you're going to get access that you don't have when you're at the Pentagon, you know, aspiring to write a book or, you know, writing your series, which nobody's really heard of or not many people have heard of. So that happened. Um, the, the very tangible evidence of, of the Clancy effect on my writing is my first gray man book is 101,000 words. And um, after I started writing with Clancy, the first book that came out was Dead Eye, and it's about 140,000. And now they're about 150 or 160,000 words. So I write bigger books. They, they have tons of action, but they also have like um, a more deep story, more geopolitical stuff in them. And that's 100% Clancy effect. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I want to dig into, of course, your unique um, research process and kind of how you incorporate all of these moving parts that um, obviously you've, you've discussed some kind of about. I love this um, idea that you kind of get into the pieces of what really makes a, a great spy novel um, as you've studied and, and obviously with, with the greats um, and now you are one. So yeah, let's talk about the most recent book, Relentless, um, in the Gray Man series. And of course, um, we'll get into the the Netflix adaptation later on, but uh, talk about kind of, you know, the very unique process of researching all of these um, pieces and then, you know, maybe seg into kind of your most prolific kind of writing day, you know, like what, what does a successful day look like for you? Well, the, the research is different for different books. Um, this one, came apart it came together just as i read an article about uh the the cia about how we do not uh collect intelligence on the united arab emirates we have an agreement with them we stood up their signals intelligence agency which is their cia and part of the agreement we have for them to be an ally of ours in the middle east is we don't spy on them and you know as an author you're always thinking of the what if and I'm thinking, what what if that came back to bite us in the butt? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the fact that we had this agreement with them. So obviously, tensions are really high between the U.S. and Iran, and obviously, the UAE has a vested interest in uh, Iran not being a, a regional player the way they have been. Um, it's Sunni-Shia divide. Um, the UAE is fighting uh, a war, a proxy war in Yemen uh, with the Iranians, and so. All that came together, but I wanted to write a big espionage type novel. I wanted to base it in Berlin, where all the great spy novels are from. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was my my modus operandi. And I, and I looked deeper and deeper into the UAE, and um, the story just built and built from there. That I, I always do. I like to do physical location research, which I've done in yeah. almost every book, but this one I wasn't able to because of COVID, obviously. Um, but fortunately, I'd spent a ton of time in Berlin. I had lived in Cologne for a short time, and uh, I was in Berlin researching a Tom Clancy novel. So I was, I was probably over a month of time in Berlin over my life. So it was an easy. If there was going to be a, a, a book that took place in Japan or something, I'd have been in trouble because I've never been to Japan. <laughs> but but this worked out. Um, I, the other research I do is. I like to research with the firearms. I research by yeah. doing things like scuba diving or, um, you know, I actually own radios that are similar to radios that that special operators use and stuff like that to learn how these things work. So I, I get to do all that sort of stuff, which um, informs the books and, and 
help along the way. I will say a typical or, I don't know, an ideal writing day is me getting up really early and and writing. Um, I got married last year and I have three stepkids now. So there's carpool, something I didn't know anything about uh, Uh until until last September. So my my day starts a little bit bit later. It starts around 8 a.m., whereas usually it would start around 6.30 or something because you have to get everybody up and, and out the door. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I just sit back in my office and I like to start by writing, um, and not researching or reading or doing any of the other things you have to do the business side of it. Um, uh, but by the afternoon, I'm definitely, uh, reading books for blurbs or reading books for research, um, doing all the social media and all those sorts of things that, that you have to do to, to make it as an author as well. So there's, the writing, I mean, if I get three good hours of writing a day, I can get between 1,000 and 2,000 words, and that's that's a decent day of writing. Amazing. Um, yeah, and, you, and you've got to get those at a good clip if you're going to hit 160,000, and I'm sure that some of these novels clock in at more than that before they're edited, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Red Metal, which was a book I did in 2019, our first draft was almost 250, and we got it down to 217,000. Um, oh my gosh. but it was a big, it was a big story. It was a kind of a world war three type of a story. Um, yeah. it, was, it was not a gray man book. Um, and, and it, 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 it is, it ended up as long as it needed to be. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow. Mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Creative ideas are waiting to be found all around us. Whether they're in the form of an old lady waiting alone at a bus stop. If she hadn't gasped, we wouldn't have stopped. Raindrops racing each other down a window. And it's like pieces of a puzzle. Wow. Or a tree growing through a barbed wire fence. 
I might take the same with me, actually. <laughs> Uncover the creative processes of writers, poets and artists. I'm really driven by ideas. Quite a lot of my stuff does work around reflection. Learn more about them as human beings. I can tell them I want to be a superstar, a world-class artist, and they don't laugh at you. And get expert advice on how to become an artist yourself. Why does a story have to be one kind of long story so you yeah. into chapters? You've got to aim for the top. Be empowered with the vision to find inspiration in everyday places. Listen to Look Closer, the Found Fiction podcast. This is such a good practice should all be doing this well congrats um on the latest and obviously um it's getting some great blurbs and uh, i want to talk a little bit about the netflix piece i was just gonna say um yeah in the in the latest gray man uh relentless the gray man's search for missing intelligence agents plunges him deep into a maelstrom of trouble how do you pronounce maelstrom maelstrom <laughs> i i would say maelstrom but i'm from memphis tennessee i don't i don't know <laughs> um, don't listen to me on that yeah yeah uh congrats on the latest i love uh lee child said exactly what a thriller should be of course david stone called it writing as smooth as stainless steel and a hero as mean as razor wire that it is good stuff there but uh yeah um Let's talk about the Netflix piece. I mean, this is some all-star lineup. Uh, I can't believe it. Can you believe it? How how uh, how close are you to the project? I I, I can't believe it. Um, and I'm I'm not really close on a day to day. I'm not working on it. Um, when the Russo brothers, who are directing it and also wrote the screenplay, when they were writing the screenplay. Uh, several years back, they had me come out to California and spend a few days with them. And we talked about the character. We talked about, you know, where they wanted this to be a franchise from the very beginning, I think. And and we talked about where the story goes in, in future books and, and all those sorts of things. So then Joe went away and wrote the screenplay. And a year later, he, gave, he sent it to me and asked me what I thought. And uh, I thought it was, I've read four screenplays at that point that were commissioned by different studios that had optioned the gray man over the years. Yeah. And Joe's Joe's was the closest to, you know, how I saw the story. And, um, I really trust those guys. They've, they've shot straight with me for the five years that we've you know known each other. And when this all came about, I mean, I, I initially optioned the story, uh, the gray man in 2009. So hmm. I've been at this for a really long time. I've heard yeah. a lot of authors names drop. I mean, a lot of actors names dropped, and it got to the point where it just doesn't even raise my blood pressure. So it probably <laughs> this time last year, I was hearing that Ryan Gosling's really interested in it, and the Russo brothers are on board, and they're making some tweaks to the to the screenplay, and it's all coming together. And I just yawn and just think about something <laughs> else because I've been there so many times, and you know you don't Amazing. you don't want to get your hopes up, and at the same time. Yeah it's not like you think anybody's lying to you. You just think like these things fall, you know, these things fall through uh, probably a hundred, hundred times for every time they come together. Sure. And so in July I had no advanced knowledge. There was this big de article in deadline that Netflix was, um, going to make its biggest budget film and it was called the gray man and they Holy were putting cow. 200 million in it and Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans were in it and it was going to start shooting in January. 
that got pushed back because of COVID, but they are starting in a couple of weeks. They're starting March 1st to shoot. So Incredible. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited. It, it, it's amazing that it's come, come together. Oh, congrats, dude. Um, Thank you. Yeah. That's gotta be a huge thrill. And yeah, I've heard this story many times from authors who have seen, seen these uh, projects um, wax and wane and, and never materialize yeah. it. But that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing cat. Do you get to go visit the set or? I, hadn't, I haven't talked to anybody about that. I imagine because of COVID, it's probably even tougher than normal. Um, yeah. You know, I, I look at it like uh, th- it would be cool to see that just as a, a fan, you know. Um, but right. I, I imagine the directors, the last person they want hanging around the set is the guy that wrote the book you know, <laughs> and, and feels and feels like he knows everything about the story. I, mean, no. I look at it, but I do look at it very differently. I mean, the, a movie is the directors are artists and the actors are artists and the screenwriters are artists and they're not engineers trying to perfectly represent what I have written down on a, on a page, you know, they're, they're going to put their spin on things. And I think that's good. I mean, I, I, I would, I would see it somewhat as a collaboration to have a a film come out and it has some differences and some similar similarities that doesn't bother me at all. And again, the books, the books will always be here. (laughs) The books will always be the books, and um, there's no greater advertisement I could have for my series than having a Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans uh, Netflix film out, you know, for the yeah. for the series. Yeah. Well, I am very much looking forward to seeing it, but uh, even more thrilled for you to be able to see your kind of vision come to life there. Um, yeah. That's that's amazing, and of course, it's you know, there's very a very cinematic quality to your writing, but uh, yeah. Um, I want to get your hot take. You know, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that have materialized during the the pandemic. I think one of the more interesting things in, you know, kind of uh, at least uh, geopolitical stuff might be the solar winds hack. Is any of this going to kind of bleed into your your upcoming stuff or do you have a hot take on that? Uh, yeah, I, I thought about it a lot. So a, a year ago, authors were talking about, do we put COVID in this or the things that are going on? And I thought it was a no brainer that you wouldn't, you know, this like, this will pass over and you don't want to root your book to this, you know, time period. So, so, uh, you know, like fixed, but I was wrong. I mean, here we are a year later, uh, there's going to be long-term repercussions, uh, for these sorts of, for the things that we've experienced over the past year. And, it, things should be probably integrated into the story. Um, I'm not really sure how. Uh, I haven't figured that out yet. I, I've only figured out that I was really wrong to immediately poo-poo the idea that um, anything that was happening in the world that you would do. I, I I try not to like name presidents and things like that in stories because mm-hmm. it really does fix them in time. I, I do a lot with current events, but these are current events that could take place at, at different times and, and relentless yeah. There's um, some some cyber stuff that's happening that's actually happening in the world. There's some things with the United Arab Emirates that's actually happening and American mercenaries in Yemen that's actually happening. But none of that says 2020 or 2021, you know, that in, in and of itself. Whereas if you wrote COVID, it's 2020, 2021. Right. Um, it might be, <laughs> if, if we're lucky, that's all it's going to be. But uh, who knows? So I, I could see anybody integrating that into their stories and that would be probably the right decision interesting interesting this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Well, before we wrap up with your advice to your fellow scribes on how to persevere, during times of adversity, of course, I will point listeners at uh, markgrainybooks.com. We'll drop a link in there. You are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Is there anywhere else you want me to point listeners to connect with you? No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I have my, my website. Excellent, excellent. Well, you have talked about the elements of a great spy novel. And of course you kind of delve into, and you've written about, um, you know, just kind of, uh, I don't know what, what makes it really, I think what you're talking about is what makes a great, uh, book, I think. And you're kind of talking yeah. about, you talk about the hero's journey, right? but, um, yeah. What, 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 uh, pearls of wisdom do you want to leave writers with and just, just how to keep going and, and how to do it well, maybe. Well, there's a couple. I mean, I, what I tell people is if, if you love to write and you feel like you have to write, then you're going to be fine <laughs> and, and you're going to write. I had this epiphany in my late 30s where I had been published and I I'd wanted to do this for a really long time. I didn't consider myself successful in life in any way, shape or form at work or, or anything because I wasn't doing what I, I love to do. And I just kind of had this epiphany one day that I loved writing and I loved, you know, walking my dog and thinking about the work in progress and um, sort of it's just where my mind liked to reside and where I wanted to spend my free time and where I wanted to spend my vacation time, you know, going to Switzerland and looking at this place that I wanted to put in a book. Mm-hmm. And that mo- that moment when I realized um, you're you're doing this because you like to. This isn't just like a way to make money or get attention or anything. At that point, I immediately calmed down, <laughs> and 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 I, it was less of this freak out. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm 39, I haven't been published or, or whatever. And good things immediately started happening to me once I realized I like to write. That's why I'm writing. Um, and if if it doesn't happen for me this year or next year or five years from now or whatever, it's like I'm I'm going to keep writing. So I, I, I always encourage people to kind of step back and evaluate. And it's like, if you don't like to do it, if, you know, there's, I, I meet people that I think, well, they, they really don't like to write. They just have an idea and they think they can monetize that by writing it down or, right. or, or, or getting me to work, write it for them. Which happens all the time. <laughs> sure. Um, but, but if, if you are able to say, gosh, I like doing it, then just take a step back, relax, do it because you like it. Um, the pages will come. And even if the you finish a whole book and it doesn't get published, I promise you, you're much better author at the end of that process than you were at the beginning of that process. And you're that much closer and you've you've made it over, you know, spe- speed bumps that millions of people don't make it over, you know, to, to write a beginning, a middle and an end and edit a book. And even if that book doesn't 
uh, get published, you've just left millions of people in your dust that that couldn't even do that. So sooner or later, you know, you know good things will happen to you. I love that. Fantastic wisdom. Relax. The pages will come. Yeah. Friends, listeners, uh, we really appreciate your time. I did see that you uh, were hanging out with Josh Hood, who's been on this show. Um, yeah. Down and so he. So are you guys buddies? Do you guys go and have a beer once in a while? Or yeah, yeah, we're really good friends. We go <laughs> cool. shoot. We go shoot together and uh, you know whatever. Um, more pre-COVID. I, he lives in Collierville, which is about. Uh. 20 minutes away from Memphis. And it was funny. I borrowed something of his, a, a shooting mat once for a sniper class I took. And he's like, when am I going to get that shooting mat back? And I was like, Josh, I've been to Poland more often than I've been to Collierville, Tennessee in the last two years, <laughs> which is true. That's I was amazing. like, I just haven't been in your neighborhood and I'll get it to you. And finally I did, but yeah, <laughs> he, he's a great, he's a great dude. He's a great writer and I couldn't be happier for his success. All right, my friend. Well, congrats on the latest. Congrats on the Netflix series of course relentless is is out now and uh yeah have a great rest of your virtual adventure thank you very much kelton i enjoyed talking to you thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the writer files and if you enjoy the podcast please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers out there find us you can always leave a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm and you can chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.